Hello everybody and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week three and I am your host Tim Petrop here with the only two twins that are conjoined at the toe, Michael and Jason Petrop. That, that was not your best work. Well, conjoined Jason, at the toe, bro? Yeah, right. We're literally in different rooms right now and we're conjoined at the toe. And in diff- and you're about miles away. I'm. We're going to visit uh, Jason and it's going to take me... Uh, next weekend, I'm going to visit Jason, and actually, we're going to do the Monday recap show live from Ithaca, New York. Holla at your boy. That's two yeah. weeks from now. Oh, that's two weeks from now. You're right. Well, in two weeks, I'm going to go, and I, I have to take a bus. I have to take five hours to visit your ass. I wish you were conjoined to Michael Stowe. Um, oh. But anyway, we have a lot of good matches for you. The NFL season is getting in swing. We still don't know everything we need to know. For me, it's after week four where you can start really getting a feel for everything. But we're going to give you the advice for you to win. I went four and one in my main leagues last week, so I'm feeling good. Um, Michael and Jason also had success. We hope you had success. We're trying to get you success in week three. So the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Shout out to all of our patrons. We just want to give a special shout out to them. Today we reached a milestone number. When we made the Patreon, um, we thought, like, we, we didn't have many expectations. We didn't know what to expect. Today we reached 40 patrons. So shout Woo! out to you guys, man. That's a really big number for us, 40 patrons. Um, man, I can't, I honestly, I'm, I'm really, I'm humbled by it and I'm excited and if, you want to be one of those patrons, uh, please visit patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Um, I think we're, I, I, I like to think we earn the patrons because of the advice we're giving and especially because you're getting a waiver wire episode from us. And that's really where we excel. Uh, just to give you a little hint, uh, Michael and Jason both in the in the week one uh, waiver podcast requested, I've said pick up, I'm sorry, in week two, said pick up Denard Robinson. Four weeks. I'm sorry, Demarcus Shoelace, right. Denard Robinson. Demar- yeah, Demarcus Robinson. They said, and he's in our main league. He went 50 fab. So I told you it was gonna happen. Yeah, but we got a 150 league. So in usual leagues, that's like 33 fab. But that's still a third of fab. So shout out to um, Michael and Jason for doing that. Again, you can get our, our extra episodes and all that. Before we get started today, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, Red Cup News, who is your number one source for college football uh, news. Follow them on Instagram, at Red Cup News. Also, they got Red Cup SEC, Red Cup uh, Alabama. They, they have a whole bunch. They're an entire network. Uh, shout out to them, the number one source for college football news on the internet, you know, according to all the experts, which is us three. And, you know, and a lot of other people, they have a big following. Uh, shout out to them. Also, shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a brand new daily game where you can bet on props rather than putting lineups together uh, listen fan duels cool and all that but you're going to be in a league with a guy who has an algorithm who put in 300 lineups so you really don't have a chance to win on thrive fantasy it's completely different there is no algorithm to predict this stuff and you know we we love it there we love the guys there we i met them in person at a at an event and really cool dudes um, but shout out to them. If you use our promo code on thrivefantasy.com or in the app Thrive Fantasy, B R O T O, that's Brodo, you can get $10 for every, for any deposit, for your first deposit. 
$10 or more. Free money. Go check it out. Again, that's thrivefantasy.com. All right. Now that we're done plugging everything. Plug away, boy. You guys ready to go? Always. Yay, yay. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. The Titans at the Jaguars is the first game on the docket. Um, as you know, we talk about every single player and every single game and every single fantasy viable player. So not many fantasy viable players in this one. If I, I The two running backs are definitely someone I'm interested in. So let's start on the Jacksonville Jaguars side. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Last week I said that Leonard Fournette I'm worried about because they're going to stack boxes against him. Uh, and this is a good Tennessee run defense. Um, so, Michael, how do you feel about Leonard Fournette coming into, the, coming into this week? I'm actually uh, pretty high on Leonard Fournette this week, man. Higher than most, probably higher than Jason. I've not looked at Jason's running back rankings yet, but I doubt he has Leonard Fournette as the 11th running back like I do. Uh, it's a Thursday game. Gardner Minshew's at the helm. Leonard Fournette is getting the work. He just hasn't put it together yet. And I'm just buying in on the Thursday, give the ball to the running back, pound the ground. He's touched the ball like crazy and he's he's ha- he had over 20 touches last game again. It's just that he's inefficient. But six if- targets each of the first two games. Look, if he gets 20 touches tomorrow, I think he finds the end zone too. I have him as my running back 11. I'm pretty bullish on Leonard Fournette this week. The over under is 40, so Vegas thinks it's going to be a low-scoring game, but not enough to not enough to you know, there's going to be touchdowns. It's not like they think it's going to be a field goal game. So, uh Jason, what's your thoughts on Leonard Fournette? I have Fournette at 19. I think he's a boring RB2. I don't see the huge upside. I think it's going to be a disgusting Thursday night game. Agreed. Two disgusting offenses, and we're going to see the defenses prevail. I think the defenses might score more than any other combo of position, even the quarterbacks, which is an absurd thing to say. Um, (laughs) Although I do like Derrick Henry because of the ugliness of this game. Uh, I just think the Titans have a better offense where we know they're going to rely on Derrick Henry. Fournette has been very average. And I expect his averageness to continue. And if he doesn't find the end zone, you're going to be disappointed. And if he does, he's going to be a solid RB2. Uh, DJ Chark got a whole bunch of targets. It looks like he's Gardner Minshew's favorite target. And I just want to point out that, look, the number two wide receiver always has a rapport with the quarterback. And on this team, DJ Chark is the number two wide receiver with the backup quarterback. Excuse me. So... You can expect an uptick in targets, and that's what you saw for DJ Chark. He's clearly the favorite. Um, Conley got six targets again. Unfortunately, I think D.D. Westbrook is a bust at this point, and I think it's okay to even drop him off your teams. Um, So, Michael, Jason, are you excited about any of these wide receivers? Uh, DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook I wouldn't drop. I mean, I'd hold him for at least another week. It's not like he – if you drafted him, you took him in like the eighth, ninth round, so – I mean, I wouldn't drop him yet. He did get six targets and catch a touchdown in week one. But, yeah, DJ Chark looks like the number one there. I have him as my wide receiver 48, so not really a top 36 receiver this week. Tennessee has been surprisingly good. Uh, their defense this season causing turnovers and stopping opposing wide receivers. So I don't love any of the pass-catching options. Like I said, I think it's going to be a Leonard Fournette game. But of the options, DJ Chark is my, is my choice. Yeah, I mean, none of these guys scream – starter in a two wide receiver league for me and they're a flex play at best in a three wide receiver league uh, Jason you agree 
yeah, flex play at best is the best way you could talk about any of the wide receivers in this game because probably they're better off being a f- bench play at best. Yeah, if you're if you're desperate, you're going there. Uh, also, Oakshawn Hennessy. I just got to say his name. And Gardner Mitchell, uh, you're not starting him. So let's go over to the Tennessee Titans side. Listen, you guys call me crazy, man. But I really think that Tennessee has a chance to put up some fantasy points in this game because of the Jalen Ramsey debacle that's going on right now. Uh, Rumor has it that he's being coveted by a lot of teams, at least 10 teams in the league. At the forefront of that is the Chiefs. Um, Right now, he, he has permission to seek a trade. He requested a trade. That could really take a toll on a defense. And you're talking about a defense also that lost one of their best interior linemen last week. So I think that this game could be set up for Tennessee to maybe explode for some points here. Um, My favorite pass catching option is Delaney Walker, obviously. But I think A.J. Brown could have a game here. Uh, Jason, I know I might be going out on a limb. You just said it's going to be an ugly game. How do you feel about the pass catching options in Tennessee? Yeah, let me flip your argument on its head because if I was a player on the Jags not named Jalen Ramsey, I would be thinking to myself, let's go out there and shut out the Titans so that Jalen can realize he's an asshole and that we don't need him. You're assuming they're not on his side, though. And reports say that Doug Marone lost his locker room maybe a year ago. So, I mean, if the, it all depends on what side the players take, right? Because if they're on Jalen Ramsey's side, it's like, all right, we lost our best player. What the fuck are we going to do? If they're on the coach's side, and it's like, all right, let's prove this guy wrong. I Yeah, I guess. Uh, either way, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to buy into your I, – I don't know what to call it. Um, it's, scenario it's really like the, a Darth, Darth Vader kind of thing. Like, receivers do well. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a very good game. I think Delaney Walker is going to be his usual solid mid-range tight end oneself. And then the rest of the guys need to be on waivers. I'm with Jay. Uh, I have Delaney Walker as my tight end eight. Jaguars usually struggle against the tight end, and that's Mariota's favorite target. And then Derrick Henry, last time he played the Jaguars, do you guys remember what happened? Yes, I do. The 230 yard yards yes. and four touchdowns. <laughs> yes, and, and they lost their best interior defensive lineman. Yeah, so and the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is still good. It's not the force that it once was. Uh, I like Derrick Henry a lot this week, too. And like I said, same reason for Fournette. I think it's going to be a pretty ugly Thursday night game where both teams try to just run it down each other's throats. I think they both they each get over 20 carries each and find the end zone. Look, Cam Newton didn't practice, right? So if you're a guy who has Curtis Samuel playing, if let's say you're in a three wide receiver, two flex league, like we're we're in a bunch of those leagues, right? Would you start A.J. Brown or a guy like Curtis Samuel? Samuel, man. Really? Even without Cam? Cam Newton isn't a good passer anyways. What about A.J. Brown or Marvin Jones Jr.? Marvin Jones. Against Philly. Marvin Jones. I don't know, man. I think I I think I would I would take the I'm the I'm honestly throw, confused about this AJ Brown love right now, too. I'm not gonna lie. I, I have mean, Curtis he's been Samuel. peppered with targets. I have Samuel as my forty third receiver, fifteen below the consensus on fantasy pros, and I would still take him over AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown has four and five targets. Like yeah, I mean in, in a Tennessee Titans offense, that's a shit ton of targets. But I love Delaney Walker. I think Delaney Walker is top five. Corey Davis was going to double that last week, and it was he was it's last year, and he was still doing nothing. Yeah, so Curtis Samuel on, and Samuel's coming off a thirteen target game from Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not a good passer. That's not a. It doesn't alive. matter. Uh-huh. It he's a better passer than than the backup Kyle Allen. It's, Allen. I, it's not going to be that much of a difference. Cam Newton's Dude, not a good passer. You are really on. Uh, come on, it's not going to be that big of a difference. <sighs> 
Man. All right. It's anyway, not. Cam Newton. Do can you guys throw. agree with me that Delaney Walker is probably a top five to top seven tight end this week? I have him at tight end eight. Okay, that's that's good. Jason. Yeah, if you're gonna, I mean, start a tight end. If you're gonna start anyone in this game, it's Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker. It's about it. So let's get to Derrick Henry then. Um, you mentioned already Derrick Henry went off. Where do you guys have a Derrick Henry ranked this week? It's got to be high, right? It's my RB12. Yeah, I think it's I'm gonna, at 12 as well. He's going to get a ton of work. I, I love Derrick Henry. And obviously, Marcus Mariota, you're not playing. A disgusting game. Yeah. Kind of love Thursdays. Which means defenses and running backs. All right, let's move on. Next yeah, is both viable okay. defenses, in my opinion, too. Oh, yeah, we don't really talk about the defenses here, but, yeah, the defenses definitely plays. Let's move on. Minnesota at Oakland is the next one. Uh, this is an interesting one uh, because the Minnesota defense has – I mean, the Minnesota offense Oakland has is at struggled. Minnesota, by the way. I'm sorry, Oakland at Minnesota. You're right. The Minnesota defense has – I mean, offense has struggled. They do play better at home. You saw them at home – Kirk Cousins only throwing 10 times. Right now, PFF has Kirk Cousins ranked 31 out of 100, and I think he's right. I think they're right. Kirk Cousins has played absolutely awful, and it's really rubbed off on Stephon Diggs. So let's go to the pass-catching options on the side of the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, you're not playing anyone else. Maybe Kyle Rudolph if you're super desperate, but the, the main stars here are Diggs and Thielen. Do you see them... Jumping out because Thielen has underperformed as well. He hasn't been as bad as Diggs, but you know, if you drafted Thielen in the third round, you haven't been getting what you expect. I am high on Adam Thielen this hmm, week. Interesting. I have Adam Thielen in my top ten receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Number okay. ten. Um, the Oakland Raiders defense has been very solid against the run. Has not been solid at all against the pass, which doesn't surprise me because we're talking about John Gruden here. The old school guy who's probably still in his head like, we just got to stop the run, brothers, and that's how you play defensive football. You have a much better John Gruden impression than that. What are you doing? <laughs> You're right. That, Do that it, wasn't huh? John Gruden at all. Yeah. Whatever. Just leave brothers? me be. <laughs> You're better than that, man. You're better. Yeah, you than are that, better than that, man. You're better. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man. You got to <laughs> stop the run, man. There you go. There I mean, you go. They, yeah. That's a little better. Not top, your best. Top five against the run. All right. Let me speak regularly now. <laughs> and they're bottom five against the pass. So... That's the exact opposite of the Vikings. I still think Dalvin Cook finds a lot of success on the ground this week, but I also think they have to pass more. And I think Adam Thielen, as the number one, he's been the only one who's at least been useful. Three forty-three in one week one, and then five for seventy-five week two. Like those are very those. That's useful at the very least. So Adam Thielen, I like a lot this week actually against Oakland. If if this week goes bad again for the receivers, then time to start to really panic. Jason, Dalvin Cook, Michael mentioned he still he thinks it's still going to be great. Dalvin Cook has been absolutely phenomenal in the first couple games. Last week, 20 carries for 154 yards. That's a 7.7 clip with a touchdown. He also added, just for good measure, three receptions for 37 yards. He's, he's obviously the centerpiece of this offense. So, I mean, do you have any qualms about starting him against a, you know, above-average Oakland Raiders run defense? Look. Yards after contact isn't always the most reliable thing, right? You could get a handoff, there'll be an arm tackle right in front of you, you shake it easily, and then you run into the house 90 yards, and you have 90 yards after contact. But 125 out of Dalvin Cook's 154 yards came after contact last week. That's that's not something to just throw out. Uh, he's running really well, and the Vikings are running their offense through him. And let's not forget that the Vikings... Despite not playing their best football so far this year, are eight point favorites. 
And everyone knows that when you're an eight-point favorite, that means you're going to run the ball to kill the clock. And that's exactly what they did in week one when Kirk Cousins only threw it ten times. So Dalvin Cook is a high-end RB1. Yeah, and when they're playing at home, too, you got to love that as well. Let's move over to the Oakland side, unless there's someone else you want to talk about on the on the Minnesota side. No, I'm good. You're not playing Kirk Cousins in this game because uh, you just Diggs, can't play him yet. We didn't talk about Diggs much. We really didn't. But. Let's talk about Diggs because Diggs, he did have a big play called back by a penalty last week that would have gave him a giant game. He would have had over 100 yards and two touchdowns, but he would have had two receptions for over 100 yards and two yeah. touchdowns. Is it becoming a situation with Stephon Diggs where if he doesn't get a big play, he's going to be he's going to suck? I wouldn't say that just yet. I mean, he did. He played 89% of the snaps last week, up from 60%. He was off the injury report, so he's looking like regular old Stefan Diggs. He got the seven targets. Like you said, a play got called back. He did have the 49-yard touchdown as his only reception. One for seven is so gross. Going against Oakland this week, I have him as my wide receiver 21, so more of a low-end wide receiver two. If he doesn't have a good week against Oakland, he's going to move into wide receiver three territory. And honestly, I... I think he has a good game against Oakland, but like Jason said, they're eight-point favorites. So I like Thielen a lot more than Diggs just because Thielen operates as the number one there. So Diggs is a bit more risky, but I still think he puts up wide receiver two numbers. Let's go over to the Raiders' side. Derek Carr. Sorry, go ahead. Say uh, don't start Kyle Rudolph as well. Yeah, we said that already. Um, So, I mean, the Raiders. Derek Carr played one of the worst games that I've ever seen just in person. His two interceptions were so bad, you were kind of like, where the f-, f was he throwing? And so it's hard to gauge the rest of the offense when your quarterback is playing so bad. Um, he also doesn't like throwing downfield, and he's going to continue not going throwing downfield. Guys like Darren Waller, six receptions for 63 yards. I think that's what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get any big plays out of him. So let's start with the pass-catching options. Terrell Williams found the end zone yet again, but again, he wasn't using that long roll because Derek Carr doesn't like to throw long. Five for 46 for a touchdown. Um, Hunter Renfro was, again, a non-factor. Ryan Grant, one reception for negative two yards. Ryan Grant should not even be on your list. Derek Carrier, three for 33. Hunter Renfro. Um, I said Hunter Renfro. So, I mean, all of these guys, are any of them on your radar? I think Terrell Williams might be a play. And if you have Darren Waller, you're, he's at tight end, so you have to play him. I mean, I got Tyrell Williams as my wide receiver 31 this week, two higher than consensus. Oh, look at that. He, I mean, he's the number one there. Seven targets each of the first two weeks, 100 in a touchdown, then 46 in a touchdown, six receptions, five receptions. Average of five and a half receptions a game, 75 yards and a touchdown the first two weeks. Xavier Rhodes has not been shut down this season. He's been decent, but he hasn't been like this this guy where you go up against and you think, let's sit the player. And with the fact that Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller are basically the only real options, sure, Hunter Renfro played a lot more and got some targets, but he's more of just a short, uh, like, Everyone's a short flat. Everyone's a short guy with Derek Carr, man. It's crazy. Well, Tyrell Williams is the only one extending the field, which is why he's getting targets, and Darren Waller in the middle of the field with the intermediate routes. So I, I like Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams this week. Uh, but yeah, I'm not touching Hunter Renfro or any Ryan Grant or any other of the. Secondary. I mean, you you say like, but you're ranking him as a low end wide receiver three. Well, it's too higher than consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. I have him at 31. Consensus has him at 33. You're not, still you're not you're not the most hyped, and if you have two if you have two wide receivers on your team like most people do, 
You're not starting Tyrell Williams. I mean, probably not. But um, Jason, I'm really excited about Josh Jacobs. 12 carries for 99 yards last week. If you got that 100-yard bonus in your league, damn, just missed out on that one. Um, one thing scared me a little bit. Uh, Jalen Rashard got more snaps. Andre Washington got some snaps. Um, I think this is more because they were playing catch-up, but you you are got to expect the Raiders are going to be playing catch-up a lot this year, and I assume that Josh Jacobs would be on the field during that time. It doesn't look like he's going to be, so that worries me a little bit, but not enough to really, you know, fade Josh Jacobs in any way. I love the talent I saw. I love I love what I'm seeing so far, and I think he's going to have a big game in this one. Um, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think that if there's a week to fade Josh Jacobs, it's this one. I have him in the high 20s, so there's a definitely a chance that you have someone. If, let's say, for example, LaShawn McCoy and Damien Williams is out, I'd start Darwin Thompson over Josh Jacobs. Uh he has one catch all year, and that's not something you want in an Oakland offense that's Thanks. not going to be in games much. Minnesota is a very good defense. So if he comes out, doesn't necessarily rip off some long runs, we could be looking at a spot where he has 10 rushes for 40 yards come the fourth quarter, and you're just hoping that there's a pass interference in the end zone so that he could punch it in at the one. I just don't think this Minnesota Vikings offense is playing at the level right now where they're going to be in a big going have a big lead going into the fourth quarter. So I think that Josh Jacobs' workload is safe this week. That's what I'm saying. It's not like they're going to have four touchdown passes in the second quarter. Like right, Patrick right. Mahomes I mean, they could, but the way it's trending, the probability says they won't. Yeah. So I think Josh Jacobs is a safe play this week. When I, when I say he's going to have a good game, I think he's a high-end RB2. Um, let's move on to our next game. The Atlanta Falcons at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Both of these teams pulled out miracle wins out of their buttholes to their star wide receivers last year, last week. Um, Julio Jones with the screen pass that, yo, Matt Ryan has seven interceptions, five interceptions. Sorry, leads the league in interceptions. Yeah, he only had seven all of last year. I mean, he threw what three last week? Yeah, two in the yeah. first week. Completely bailed out by a screen pass that Julio Jones is just a superior athlete than everyone else on the field. On the other hand, that was Jaco- a great scheme too. The that, way they, that play was drawn up. Do you know what it is, man? You gotta love the patience and Sarkeesian because the Eagles, and they even said on the broadcast, the Eagles were bringing blitzes over and over and over and over and over again, and the patience that they showed not to throw a screen until they really needed it. Uh, shout out to Steve Sarkeesian on that one. But let's go over um, the. Indianapolis Colts offense first. T.Y. Hilton has been a pleasant surprise. People had, were low on Hilton after Luck got out. You saw Hilton cry when um, Andrew Luck left. But Jacoby Brissett has looked his way over and over and over and over again. Um, but besides him, I don't know if you can play any of the pass catchers. By the close. way, Tim, it's Dirk Cutter again. Dirk Cutter, Cutter, my bad. Cutter. You're right. It's not Sarkeesian. But, yeah, that's uh, since you brought up Sarkeesian, Matt Ryan, you said five interceptions. New offense with Dirk Cutter, and a lot of people said that doesn't matter because he played with Dirk Cutter before, and it's looking like it's mattering a bit for Matt Ryan. We know, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that, that storyline is overplayed, that he, he sucks with a new offensive coordinator. It's not overplayed if it's true. Yeah. You know? so The first year kind of struggles. But So you want to talk about Atlanta first? Yeah, sure. All right, let's talk about Atlanta. Because I want to talk about Devontae Freeman. asked you about T.Y. Hilton, but we'll talk about Atlanta well, first. Well, because you, you said Sarkeesian, <laughs> and I had to fix that. <laughs> All right, so Michael, Michael's going off script, so we'll go off script with him. Yes. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk I'm about off, let's talk off. about Devonta Freeman, who had another shitty game. Look, Devonta Freeman and Edo Smith basically split carries week one, week two. Freeman went up to sixty two percent. Edo Smith went down to thirty eight percent. 
But Edo Smith looked better most of the game. Devontae Freeman does not look very good. And this, basically, it's now or never right now against the Colts because the Colts are 30th in DVOA against the Rush. So with that being said, Devontae Freeman needs to have a big game here or it's just, it's bad. If it's, it's bad if he doesn't have a good game here. If you're a Devontae Freeman owner and you are, are, are you considering sitting him in this game, Jason? Not against Indy. Yeah, no. I have I have him at 23, so I suppose if you picked up... Eh, there's not anyone that you could pick up in front of him at the moment on my ranking. So but you're the, probably starting him if you have him. I agree with Michael. It's now or never. This is the week for Devontae Freeman. The Colts are not a good run defense. You're going to have to put it together at some point. And if he fails to show up or if he goes back to a 50-50 split with Edo Smith this week, then it's going to be a long year for those who drafted him. Let's talk about the... The uh, the two pass catchers that everyone loves in this one. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones have now both had two great fantasy games in, in a row. Is this sustainable, these two guys both being this productive throughout the year? Jason, what do you think? Uh, let's not even talk uh, about throughout the year. Let's just talk about this week. Well, I think throughout the year as well. Um, I'm starting to believe that I'll take the L on Calvin Ridley after shitting on him his entire career. Uh just because it's a dirt cutter offense, and we've seen it be very productive in the past. Uh, we've seen in Tampa Bay and all those other stops, the dirt cutter offense is a dynamic one. And honestly, Matt Ryan's interceptions could be a good thing because that keeps the game in a worse position for Atlanta, which means they need to pass more. Ridley has been outstanding, and he's always had a nose for the end zone throughout his career. Julio is Julio. Uh, this week, I don't think anything's going to change again. Indianapolis isn't a big isn't a imposing defense. And actually the Colts are a minus two favorite in this game, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. So Vegas expects it to be close, which is a good thing. Uh, I think they can definitely show up and be wide receiver one and two again. I'm with Jay with Calvin Ridley. Uh, this guy looks like he's a monster this season. It looks like the Falcons are going to be able to <laughs> fully support a wide receiver one and wide receiver two, if not two wide receiver ones with the way Calvin Ridley is playing. Austin Hooper is getting his targets, but Muhammad Sanu's uh, role has diminished drastically, and it's basically just Ridley, Julio, and Hooper at this point, especially with Devontae Freeman and Edo Smith not really providing much of a run game. So, yeah, I like Julio Jones is my wide receiver two. Calvin Ridley is my wide receiver 19. I like both of them, again, a lot this week. Uh, what about Matt Ryan? Where does he fall on the QB list? Matt Ryan, I if have. If you believe that, if you believe that Ridley and Julio are going to do well, and also Austin Hooper has been a solid piece so far this year, thirteen receptions and one hundred eleven yards through two games is something that, I mean, you'll take from a back end tight end one. Yeah. If you think that they're all going to do well, which me and Michael obviously do this week, then you have to start Matt Ryan. We, I have him at eight. Yeah, and I have him at seven. I mean, yeah, usually I don't like Matt Ryan, but I think that you got to play him against the Colts. All right, so let's actually talk about T.Y. Hilton, Michael. T.Y. Uh, three, one, three. He's really the only guy in this offense in the passing game that I like. Um, do you think – so this is three touchdowns in two games. Brissett has made it clear that Hilton is his number one target, and it wasn't like that the first time around. But I think if he keeps getting peppered with these targets and he gets 100, 100 – receptions this year or something like that which he's on pace for why can't ty hilton be a high-end wide receiver too yeah i'm with you i mean if he's gonna continue getting red zone targets too i mean he has three touchdowns through the first two games and 
it's not like anyone else on that team is just going to come in and steal all the work. Eric Ebron, now that Andrew Luck is done, he he's useless again unless he yeah. catches a one-yard touchdown. Right, which he did last week. Which he did last week, but I'm not expecting that to happen often. Jack Doyle doesn't really have a role in the offense. Paris Campbell only had one reception last week, which happened to be a touchdown, but he's still not really a big part of that offense. Deion Kane got a lot of snaps, but Deion Kane is not someone I'm worried about. So, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is the number one option there and doesn't really have much of any type of uh, competition for targets. So, yeah, T.Y. Hilton should continue to be a high-end wide receiver too. Let's move on to our next game, unless there's someone you guys want to talk about. Hold up. Yeah, you're bugging. We barely talked about the Colts offense. Let me talk about Marlon Mack. Oh, Marlon. We forgot Marlon Mack. How could I, I am, Marlon? I'm doubling down. I am dipping that nutter butter into the fudge because mm. I had a fudge nutter butter before this. And what? it was delicious. That sounds very good. It does sound good. Where would you get fudge-covered nutter butter from? That's why you need a Fucking roommate. Ithaca thing, bro. <laughs> I'm just, just telling you right now, my, Jason, dipping your, your nutter butter into the fudge sounds super naughty. So naughty. So well, that's what I'm doing with Marlon so, Mack. <laughs> so frisky. Dip that I'm nutter butter into down. that fudge, Jason. His hey, Marlon Mack was my... Uh, on Fantasy Pros is 12th. Oh, my God. That's hard. I'd rather throw up on my computer and have to buy a new one <laughs> than rank him 12th. <laughs> I'm a 25. <laughs> the, re- the reason why you start running backs against the Falcons is because they catch passes. That's a man with and student loans saying that, people. That's how you know <laughs> he hates Marlon Mack. <laughs> Colts wide receiver. Colts running back. Fal- running backs against the Falcons score by catching passes. They're historically the worst against that. And Marlon Mack doesn't catch passes. Also, he missed practice today with a calf injury. So I don't want a 70% healthy Marlon Mack. Last last week, they gave him the rock, and he produced 71 yards. That's typical Marlon Mack. He's a touchdown-dependent player who's not going to get pass, uh, touchdowns or catch passes. So he's I, I predict another 60-yard game with no touchdowns. Marlon no Mack was my, was my, uh, what is it in the review episode, the category that I told you so where we saw that coming. He was my, we saw that coming about fading him last week. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have Marlon Mack outside my top 24. I mean, he's a starting running back going up against Atlanta, which is not a good defense. So I have him at running back 17 just because he has as good a chance as ever to find the end zone this week, especially if it's going to be more of a high-scoring game and the Colts are favored in Vegas. So, I mean, I don't love Marlon Mack, but I do think he's a solid running back two option. He's also run a bunch of routes. He hasn't had a role yet in the passing game, but if he is finally going to catch two or three passes, it's going to be against the Falcons because the Falcons are one of the worst teams ever for consecutive years. Like the last three years, they've been one of the worst teams ever guarding the running back out of the backfield. So I think you're bugging out a little bit here. Yeah, but he doesn't catch passes. But he's been running routes. I'll say if, if he's ever going to catch two or three passes, I'm expecting it to be this week. What, two or Hines. three passes? Oof. The upside. Well, <laughs> yeah, when you're going against – the Falcons. Hey, look, if, if you're in a PPR league and you have Marlon Mack and he catches two or three passes for 24 yards, that's four extra points on top of his, what you said is going to be seven points on the ground. All of a sudden, 13 points from your running back is not too bad. Yeah. What if we implement the new PPR rule where it's, it has to be over three yards to actually count as a point? No, that's stupid. That's come that's on. the dumbest it, shit I've yeah. ever heard. You piss me off. Sometimes. Full PPR is, is you're better than ideal. that. But uh, Tim, I mean, if you want to argue against full PPR, that's another thing. Tim, you brought up Naheem Hines. He only played 14 snaps last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I so. mean, I was just I was kind of joking. 
I mean, you got to talk about everybody, baby. That's true. But you definitely don't want to start Naheem Hines. That would be no, a, no, 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 no. That would be a complete dart throw. That's He's Naheem Hiney. Right. That's that's the type of guy that you Heine, start Heine, on. Heine. Um, on I feel they should they should use Hines more, in my opinion. But I mean, he's super ineffective. Not pass catching, and they don't have any weapons outside of Hilton. Let's talk about this next game. You guys ready? Yeah. Because this Doyle next game is going to be sexy. Ebron. T- what about are him? the tight ends? Yes, they um, are. That you should not start. Yeah, we, I, I mean, mean, we have to mention them. And Ebron we did can catch a touchdown, but neither are ideal. Well, we breezed by them. We did. Uh, let's go to this one because we're not going to breeze by this game. I can't wait to talk about this game. Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, baby. Two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the game right now. Man, I, I hate that they only start flexing games like later on in the season because this should totally be flexed into like Sunday night. Talking about fantasy, I want to talk about real NFL real quick. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorite. Okay, so hmm. Hmm. at home, so the, at home, so Vegas is high on Baltimore. I'll tell you what. Uh, no, well, the Chiefs are six and a half point favorite. You think that's yeah, high on Baltimore? High on the Chiefs, obviously. That's yeah. a pretty high. Guys, the Chiefs are at home. Yes, they're the best team in the AFC, dude. And the Ravens have played like the second best team, if not the best team in the AFC, and they're underdogs by a touchdown. How do you think this is a good thing for? Uh, Their implied Baltimore. total is fifty-three and a half. So let me tell you. So let me tell you why. Because you get three points for being, for being at home. Okay. Yeah. Right off the bat. So a three and a half point favorite is, I mean, I I think that's high in the Ravens. When when you're talking about a team that that. Just squeeze into the playoffs last week against a juggernaut like like the Chiefs. I think that's giving them a pretty good shot. I mean, whatever. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I think the the Baltimore defense has been better because I, I told everyone to look out for Matthew Judon. I loved him, and he is balling out this year, like predicted. Um, but let's go to the the um, offense of the the Chiefs first. Man. We told you guys not to draft quarterbacks in the first couple rounds unless you can get Pat Mahomes in, like, the third round. Fourth round. I wasn't taking him in the third. Uh, I still wouldn't have taken him in the third. I took him in the fourth round. I mean, he's kind of breaking the rules for quarterbacks, though, because he's worth third round He really is. Yeah, it's fucking I mean, he's worth worth a third-round pick. He's worth a second-round pick, maybe, if you're in the late second. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to break the rules for some guys. And I think that going into next year, you just got to break the rules for Pat Mahomes. But then again— Lamar Jackson was drafted outside the top 12 quarterbacks, and he has more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes. That's very true. So, which is why you draft quarterbacks late, That's on very the other true. hand. So let's talk about Pat Mahomes against a pretty good defense. Obviously, you have to go into the week thinking that he's the number one or number two quarterback every single week. Yep. Um, let's talk about his weapons then. Hart, uh, McCole Hardman was everyone's favorite sleeper last week. We're the ones that, we're the ones that told you about uh, – I keep wanting to call him Denard Robinson. Demarcus Robinson – Sammy Watkins got 13 targets last week, so he didn't turn it into points, but he was also super targeted. Robinson was on the field 90% of the snaps plus, but Hardman also had a big game. Uh, In addition, he got a big play called back that would have made it a giant game. That throw was ridiculous, man. And then, of course, you got Travis Kelsey, who is going to be a tight end one every single week, probably the tight end one every single week. You have four people on this team that could all go crazy i think you got to start them all take your chances even though probably one of them is going to end up kind of crapping a little bit look d will and uh mccoy didn't practice today their running game has looked terrible 
from the jump to begin with. Patrick Mahomes has not had a problem with that because he's still slinging the ball everywhere. So, yeah, Travis Kelsey, tight end one. Sammy Watkins, I have as my wide receiver six. And then Robinson and Hardman, I have as 32 and 33 as wide receiver threes because if you have them, the upside is too much not to play them. But there's also downside, like you said, if one of them goes one catch for seven yards. I don't think there's going to be – it's not going to be one catch for seven yards, but I think it'll be like three catches for – 44. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm willing to take that chance because you could also have six receptions, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. Right, right. Like but what Demarcus Robinson did last week. One of them's going to have that. I think now it's been established. One of these guys, these three receivers, is going to have a big game. Which one? It's going to be impossible to tell week to week. So I think you got to start them all until further notice. I mean, it could be two at least. Like Sammy yeah, Hawkins or even two targets. You're right, or even two of them could have that. Even though he was held out of the end zone. Um, so Sammy Watkins is the guy you want to start. I agree. Of I think the, Sammy Watkins is the guy. Of the rest of the bunch, they're they're both wide receiver threes at the moment with upside. Robinson paid ninety percent of this. Ninety five percent. That's that's that a guy is, I want to I I want to start him too. In my my that's why we prefer that. Right. Mine would be Watkins, Robinson, Hardman. Yeah, I'm on the same. That's the order that I would go in. Same. Jason, you're you in the same boat. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about the running back situation. D. Will didn't practice. Nope. LaShawn McCoy didn't practice. Nope. That leaves, oh my God. The worst part is that all these Darwin Thompson truthers, like, I'm not going to call them out, but one person in particular who was like, don't, don't worry about Shady McCoy. Darwin Thompson is still going to be the starter in Kansas City. And now this fucking guy is going to actually be right for a game, which kills me. It's not right. It's an injury. Right. No. But, I mean, he's going to be like, ah, I told you so, because that's the type of dude he is. But anyway, um, what do you think about Darwin Thompson, who gets his shot uh, if these guys don't play? This is obviously something to monitor. Uh, if you have Darwin Thompson, I would keep him out of the lineup for now. But if he plays, I would stick him right in that lineup and play him and hope he's a running back two, but expect running back three numbers from him. Yeah, Look, right now I got D-Will as my running back 25 and McCoy as my running back 36 because if they do play, I'm going to be scared to play them because they're so banged up. If they don't play, Darwin Thompson's probably going to go ahead of both of them. Luckily, the Thursday game is Fournette and Henry. I'd start both of them over Darwin Thompson. So if you have one of those guys and Darwin Thompson, then play them. Play Fournette or Henry. I'm going to have to update my rankings, obviously, based on the injury news. But right now, I'm just... D-Will and McCoy are not looking very enticing to me. Darwin Thompson, if it's him in the backfield, I feel like Darrell Williams is going to end up taking half the work, too. He ended up getting work last game, so it's it might end up just being a mess where Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns again. Uh, by but the if way, Mahomes is throwing. Darwin Thompson is going to be the running back he throws to, not Darrell Williams. Yes. Yeah. Um, real quick, just to because you reminded me of something. If you have a starter in Thursday night, move him out of your flex. Yep. Put him in a running back spot. Put him in a wide receiver spot, so that if something happens, you have more flexibility. Just so you guys know. That's what the flex means. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So a lot of people like that because we said DJ Chark is a flex play, right? So if you're playing him at flex, play him as your wide receiver two or three if you have two or three wide receiver spots and put whoever your wide receiver two or three is in that flex spot for the week. DJ Chark. That's a bad example because if DJ Chark's your wide receiver two, that's not a good look. I mean, but that's the whole whole point, though. It's not about the look. It's about the flexibility. We play to win the game. Right. It's, it's about the playing to win the game. Let's go over to the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson, he's been playing out of his mind, bro. And it's it's Dude. not just 
against bad defenses. I go back to the pass he made to Hollywood Brown last week on a third and 15. He dropped it in the bucket. He saw one-on-one coverage against his his man against one-on-one coverage. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood Brown. A giant nutsack throw. <laughs> On that play in a close game, like everyone's so enamored with Lamar Jackson, you don't realize that, that game was super close last week. That's a big time throw from a big time player. It was. It's great. Hollywood Brown, thirteen or thirteen targets. Clearly his favorite wide receiver. So let's start with the wide receivers. You got to play Hollywood Brown at this point. He played sixty five percent of the snaps. It's only going to go up as he gets healthier. Forty seven. He played after eighteen percent, sixty five percent, and. Holy moly, if you have Marquise Brown, you're you're loving every second of it. I have him as a wide receiver 20 this week. Super high on him. Mid-wide uh, mid receiver 2, I have Mez with upside to be a wide receiver 1 again. 13 targets. He had over 50% of Lamar Jackson's throws last week. And Lamar Jackson is... I, I was young and naive about three weeks ago, and I didn't believe in Lamar Jackson. I told y'all. <laughs> I was telling you all... I was telling you guys all fucking winter. Don't say you guys. I was on Lamar Jackson as well. Michael was the anti-Lamar Man, guy. Man, I was here. telling you guys all winter. Like, everyone's saying this guy can't pass. It was his rookie year, and he came in the middle of the season. Give the guy a damn break. Yeah, I mean, so so far, he's looked absolutely ridiculous. The Chiefs do not have an imposing defense. This has a chance to be like a 32-28 game, honestly. So, yeah, I love me some Marquise Brown. I love me some Mark Andrews. Both of those, the two main pass catchers there could both go off this week. Let's talk about Mark Andrews because I'm going to scream from the mountaintops until the end of time that I told everyone to draft Mark Andrews in every league that they have this year. He did miss practice today, which is something to be a little concerned about. He also missed practice last week, so this is obviously a nagging injury that's bothering him, but it didn't stop him from going crazy last week. Yep. And look, the dude is not only like you being used like a tight end and in the red zone, he's being used as a weapon throughout the field. He's a very Travis Kelsey-like uh role in this offense where he goes downfield he runs a a, a route tree I, I went back and i watched him on game pass and i literally had a football boner because of how much how they used him <laughs> like it was crazy like like i didn't have an actual boner but if i got boners from men playing football i would have had one you know what i'm saying good to all know. right I'm, I'm gonna take over because <laughs> you're talking too much that was necessary uh, information to have <laughs> Mark Andrews on the season has 16 receptions for 220 yards. Holy moly, two touchdowns. That's a very high 13.8 yards per reception. Even lower than last year. It was 16.2. And he's being used in those routes. So this is not an anomaly. Right. It's He's being used. Like, there's some plays where he has no yak, and it's a 24-yard reception. You know, he's being used in those situations. He's being used on wheel routes with the sidelines. Like, he's being used in those in those. High leverage situations. Uh, Lamar Jackson against a pretty bad defense. Do you think that he can keep up this pace that he's on right now? He's my QB too. Yeah, I think it should be a shootout. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Jason? Lamar Jackson, you're starting and you're smiling ear to ear about it. I'm just saying, like, wait a minute. Yeah, go ahead. I I mean, I'd, I'd like to get to the running backs now because we've talked a lot about. Lamar and his pass catchers, because Mark Ingram left the game with an injury, but he should be healthy. Uh, my issue here is we saw week one Mark Ingram get off the field for Gus the Bus at the end of the game when the Ravens were leading by a lot. So there's injury concern here. I know he's going to play. It's not a serious injury, 
But I feel like this is a team that, if he's hurt even a little bit, they'll be okay with taking him off the field. Yeah. And not using him. Especially- That's my concern here. Otherwise, it's a great matchup for Ingram. Gus Edwards has gotten a lot of work in early going. Um, by the way, I just got a uh, an alert. Josh Jacobs limited in practice. I know that we're, we're, we already talked about this, but just keep an eye on that because if he doesn't play, that's a big one. It's good that he at Relax. least limited on Wednesday and you're saying he's not going to play. Just yeah. come on now. He he just showed up. You're better he, than that, no, Tim. You're better than no that. no news about that. So just I said monitor it. You're I didn't say that. he's not going to play. I said if he doesn't play, it's a big one. Yeah, you All monitor right. it. I will monitor, you monitor it, guy. That's my, that's my job, dogs. Um, what about Justice Hill, Jason? I know that's someone you were on, and I know that's someone that you put on your waiver rankings this week. Are you putting him on your waiver ranking? Is he a viable option if Lamar? I mean, if uh, Mark Ingram doesn't play? Uh, that that was a precautionary pickup. I mean, Mark Ingram's gonna play, but if he, let's say he I, doesn't, though. If he doesn't, then Justice Hill and Gus Edwards become back end RB2 flex plays because they're probably Ooh. both likely to split the work. Sexy. I think that Justice Hill is a little bit uh I mean he's more fun, more dynamic, yeah. more pass catching work, but while Gus will get twenty five carries. Alright, you guys ready to move on to the next one? Sure, sure. Uh let's go on to the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos travel away from Denver for the first time this year. Uh historically better team at home than on the road were the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have been impressive in terms of their overall team, but not that impressive in terms of their offense. Uh, kind of a slow start to their offense. One thing that we saw, though, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones got the workhorse role last week, but then Matt LaFleur said that he wants to get even carries. But we all know, and if there's one thing we know here, it's that coaches lie. So well, are you going with what you see or what you hear? He didn't say even carries. He, he just said he wants to get them both more work because he wants to keep Aaron Jones healthy. I believe the, whole the season. I believe the quote was even carries. I don't know about that. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll vet it while you guys. Either way, play Aaron somewhere. Jones played fifty-seven percent of the snaps to Jamal Williams forty-seven. So it's not like it was this crazy lopsided to Aaron Jones. It's just that when Aaron Jones was on the field, he was getting carries and receptions, and he was looking great with it. So that's what I expect to happen with the Packers. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to continue to steal work as annoying as it is. That's just how it's going to go. But Aaron Jones is also going to be getting a bunch of touches and is going to do well with those touches, in my opinion, because he's a great running back. And we saw what he did against Minnesota that last week. He's He was a number 10 uh, consensus overall in fancy pros running back rankings. I thought that was a little much, especially for a guy who doesn't play more than like 60% of the carries, but uh, get 60% of the carries. I have him as a running back 15 because he has the smash potential just like he did does uh, just like he did last week against Minnesota. But there's also a chance that he has a week similar to week one where he doesn't find the end zone. He's not going to be as bad as week one, of course. The Chicago defense is much better. But, I mean, if he doesn't find the end zone, then it's not going to be a great week for Aaron Jones. But I do like him as a high-end RB, too. Uh, Jason, what do you? How do you feel about Aaron Jones? I have him at RB ten. Um, I think that we saw what his potential is last week, and that's someone you need to start in your lineup. Twenty three rushes, four receptions, and I mean, yeah, Lafleur said he wants to get J- Jamal Williams more involved. Jamal Williams was involved last week too. He scored a touchdown, so that doesn't worry me too much. He'll still get the bulk of the work, and Green Bay are eight point favorites, so. I'm cool with the Packers. Uh, I'm cool with Aaron Jones as a solid start. 
Is this the week Devontae Adams finally finds the end zone? Guys, Vic Fangio over there in Denver and Scangarello, the, the Italian brothers, they have made Chris Harris a shadow corner. They have. Chris Harris is no longer the slot shutdown corner. That's why they brought in Brian Callahan. He is a shadow corner now. About time someone decided to use Chris Harris to the best of his ability, which kind of sucks for Devontae Adams and that he's going to have to go against Chris Harris every week, uh, excuse me, every play. But he's still Devontae Adams. He's still going to get his eight-plus targets guaranteed. So I still think you're firing him up as a wide receiver one if you have him. Um, that is what you're doing. I think his upside's a little limited at this point, though. I mean, we're seeing... Dude, people are happy about Aaron Rodgers' performance last week. It was 200 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not going to stop shitting on, it, on him until he performs better. So, Devontae Adams, I dropped down to nine this week. I know, big deal. Uh, usually, he's top three, though, so that's a significant drop. Chris Harris is a great cornerback, and Aaron Rodgers just isn't playing that good. And... So he'll get looks to be viable, but if he doesn't find the end zone, you're going to have to be disappointed again. Guys, uh, here's what I think about the rest of these pass-catching options. It's going to be really, really hard to predict which one Aaron Rodgers goes to week by week. Could be Allison, could be MVS, could be Jimmy Graham. Probably one of them is going to catch a touchdown. You don't know who. I don't think you can play any of these guys until it's time for, like, bye weeks. I, I don't it's like time. any of them. It's that time of the week where I say, remember in the Packers? Remember when I said maybe the answer none is of none them? of them? Yes, Jason, we remember that. <laughs> Shut up. But MVS made 87, <laughs> 87% of the snaps last week to Geronimo Allison's 45. So all these people who are panicking because Geronimo Allison caught a damn five-yard touchdown. Like, oh, my oh. God, I can't believe I dropped Geronimo Allison. If you kept him after week one, you should have dropped him after week two. Even though he caught a touchdown. Like, I have want nothing to do with Geronimo Allison, man. He's the clear number three on a team that is clearly showing that they want to run the ball. And it's just, I do not see how Geronimo Allison ever becomes a weekly option this year. And MVS is the number two there, and I don't even like MVS. What about Aaron Rodgers? Where do you guys have Aaron Rodgers ranked this week? I have him as a back-end quarterback one. That's what he is. Same. Uh, just talking about him nowadays pisses me off because <laughs> it's just such an ugly offense. I don't understand how one of the best quarterbacks ever could be so disgusting at this I have point him in his career. As my QB, um, I have him at eleven as well. You also have to factor in the fact that Vic Fangio, the head coach for the hey, Denver Fangio Broncos, Scangarello. was the defensive coordinator with the Bears for five years. The very, Bears, very familiar with Aaron Rodgers, has played him ten times. So um, there is that factor. Jimmy Graham, donut. Who saw that one coming? We did. Shocking. Um, you guys ready to go over to the other side? <laughs> yeah, don't. I would not play Jimmy Graham. Uh, two tight end leagues, I guess. I do but. not know why you'd start Jimmy Graham. Boom, boom, ching. All right, let's go over to the Broncos. Um, <laughs> guys, do you know what sucks? What? The Broncos running game and how it's configured. Because Philip oh. Lindsay and Royce Freeman, both of them deserve to be starting running backs in the NFL. Neither one is. They're basically split, splitting carries down the middle. Royce Freeman had a good game, bro. He did. Don't say Freeman that. Freeman deserves to be a starting running back in the NFL. Yes. It's a sec- he had a good game last week, bro. Like, Don't act like he didn't. All right, relax. The Let only me, one who's earned anything in this offense is Philip Lindsay. 
Yeah, I think that Royce Freeman, just by watching him play, he looks like a starting running back in the NFL. 11 carries, 54 yards last week. In the air, five catches for 48 yards. Those are those are good numbers. Philip Lindsay, Fine, on the other hand, could earn it. 13 for 36, four for 30 in the air. So both of these running backs are involved in the offense, but neither one of them are involved enough to make them fantasy viable. And it's a shame because both of them will probably be starting fantasy running backs if they're on another team. I mean, I have them pretty far apart. I have Philip Lindsay as my running back 26 and Royce Freeman as my running back 41. How? 43. Because I think here. people are just overreacting about one week where Freeman looked better. I mean, but relax. Lindsay has looked better for 17 other games. Right. But he has 13 targets over the first two weeks. He had more rushes last week. Two weeks ago, though, it was another almost middle split. It's yeah, like it, they're going to split it right down the middle. But Lindsay has been the one to get more touches. They're both not ideal uses because of the way that offense is using them. But I like Philip Lindsay a lot more than I do Royce Freeman. I don't like either of them. Well, yeah, I mean, I have Lindsay at 26, so he's more of a flex play for me. Freeman at 43, so he's more of like a low-end flex play. I'm not playing the either The disappointing part is that they're not catching any passes. What do you mean? Royce Freeman had five receptions, Philip Lindsay had four. Yeah, you're bugging out a little bit. <laughs> it's, they like, each... Sorry, sorry. I meant it as in like, like Theo Riddick was there to be the pass catching back. No, they, there's not necessarily a pass catching back in this offense. There, there's not a running like, back either. They're going to split both. It, exa- that and that's what point, sucks. It's easier. It'd be easier if we knew Philip Lindsay was going to be the one who caught passes and Royce Freeman was going to be the one running the ball. But they're just like an even split at the moment. And I think Lindsay's the better player. So that's the guy I'm starting of the two. Yeah. He, but I don't know. I have a hard time. Because no, I'm not starting Lindsay because I think he's a better player. That's irrelevant. I'm starting Lindsay because he's been. The number one there for seventeen games he, with a different, back to last season. but with a different regime, and he's bro. been the running back one the last two games too. He was a starter; he got more touches. Yes, Freeman outsnapped him last week, but that's because Freeman was just running better. Philip Lindsay is gonna get the first shot again this week. Sure, but he's gonna get the first shot, and then Royce Freeman's gonna get the second shot, and then Lindsay get the third shot, and Freeman oh, yeah. get the fourth shot, and they're gonna split carries. That's why I don't want either of them. Uh, one guy that I do want is Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. 11 receptions on 13 targets for 98 yards and a touchdown last week. Clearly Joe Flacco's number one target. Um, Cortland the Sutton. man won't stop balling. He won't. Cortland Sutton kind of came down to earth but had a couple of big plays in the fourth quarter, which is always nice. Four receptions for 40 yards. Um, kind of salvaged something from him. Uh, he was had a donut going to the third quarter. The rest of these pass catchers you're not really looking for. So let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Is he a locked and loaded starter for you at this point? Because he is for me. Super solid wide receiver three for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. I have him as my wide receiver 29. Uh, this dude is just balling out. 586-1, and one, followed by 11-98-1. Leads the team in targets. His 20 targets over the first two games. I mean, what's not to like about Sanders? Green Bay has been great in their defense. They have the two young stud quarterbacks. Uh, excuse me, cornerbacks. So it's not a great matchup, but neither was Chicago. So, Flacco has always been best throwing to the slot. Most defenses have weaknesses at the slot. That's why the slot receivers become such a big thing in the NFL today. So, yeah, Sanders is a wide receiver three. Solid. Even he even has wide receiver two appeal in deeper leagues. Um, you guys want to move on to the next game? Anyone else? No offense. I think we can, yeah. No, uh, you want to talk about no offense, Jason? No offense. Don't no. start. No He's offense. He's a tight end. Okay. Uh, so is TJ Hawkinson. How'd that turn out, guys? One catch for seven yards. Hashtag TJ Hawk. 
Hashtag rookie tight ends don't always produce. Let's go over. <laughs> Even though I, well, we haven't. Did we talk about the Lions yet? No, we haven't. Oh, no, we haven't yet. I just. Let's go <laughs> over to the next game. This next game you could basically sum up in one way. Start your Dallas Cowboys. Sit your Miami Dolphins. We'll go more into it, but look. The pass casting options for the Cowboys. Amari Cooper. I want all that. Devin Smith with Michael Gallup now sidelined for two to four weeks. I want all that. Randall Cobb, give me some more of that. Ezekiel Elliott, that's something. Back on the schnikey. This is a perfect game for him to return to form. <laughs> Dak Prescott has been bowling out. He wants, a, he wants a big contract. And then Jason Witten, I even want two touchdowns for Jason Witten. Give me all the Cowboys, baby. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. But, uh, yeah, I'm gonna Timmy agree for just the most entered part. like a different zone. I'm so excited if I have the Cowboys. I, I mean, I'm gonna even. I want the Dallas Cow. The Dallas Cowboys defense is my number one defense this week. Look, it's tough to know though. It's gonna be an offense that spreads the ball. So we're gonna have Amari Cooper starting. We're gonna have Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott's gonna kill it. But who's he gonna throw to? True. What Devin Smith has had one good game in his career. Hashtag Devin Smith. And it was a great baby. But it was his last game. In four years. I think they're both flex plays with upside. Look, but Randall. Cobb preferred to Smith. Cobb, though, hasn't had a good game in four years unless you count the last two games he played. I said he hasn't been good in four years. You could have a good game while being a bad player. But my point is, you're talking as if you can throw these people in as your wide receiver twos. I I would be comfortable throwing in Devin Smith as my wide receiver three. You're bugging. I am oh, going man. to be throwing. I'm, I'm playing him over Marvin Jones this week in a, in a league. Timmy would Look, rather we start. We like him more than All right, I, I smell a bet. I smell a bet. Devin Smith, wide receiver Devin three. Devin Smith, the one who played more than 20% of snaps for the first time basically ever last week. Devin Smith, wide receiver three. Bet me or not. Over Marvin Jones. Bet me or going not. going against the Eagles. Bet me or not, wide receiver three. Obviously, I'm betting Marvin Jones over Devin Smith. No, I'm not betting. Uh, all right. For you, I'll do Devin Smith over Marvin Jones. And for Jason, I want you Devin Smith wide receiver three or higher. I prefer the Marvin Jones bet. But, yeah, sure, fine. But that defeats the purpose because I think Smith is a decent flex play. Like, we're the only people talking about him, and I think there's the upside there. There's also a chance that he puts up zero. That's yeah. why it's an upside flex play. If you want to make the bet, we can make the bet. I think that he's going to be great against the Miami offense that is just atrocious. Um, you guys want to talk about the quarterback, Dak Prescott? I think he's sign me up. I mean, yeah, he's like got to be in your top yeah. five quarterbacks this he's week. He's my number three, and Zeke is my number one running back. So yeah. I mean, not much to say about those two. Like, yeah, if you have them, you're starting them. If you're not, you're the Dolphins out. are giving up almost forty points a game to quarterbacks. That's all you got to know. <laughs> um, let's go to the Dolphins side then. I mean, I'll say their names just so we say their names, but, I mean, Williams, Grant, O'Leary, Parker, Drake, Fitzpatrick, sit them all. Yeah. Don't forget Dudu Balage. Oh, and and, and cannot forget Dudu Balage. Pretty hilariously, Devontae Parker, who, if you're going to start anyone from that game, I guess he's the one. He caught zero balls last week on seven targets. Oh, my God. Yep. It's, it's really awful. bad out there, man. It's really bad. You, Fitzpatrick now, by the way, has thrown a pick for a record setting eight teams. Um, did you see his pick last week? They got returned where he just kind of just threw it at a guy three feet in front of him. Yeah, tremendous. 
Oh man, and it's it's always Sounds the same great. thing. Like, why isn't Josh Rosen starting here? <laughs> I think they might be afraid then, of Josh Rosen being good because they want Tua so bad. It's it's strange, man. It's all very strange. I don't know, but then people are just gonna make the excuse again that the team around him sucks and that Josh Rosen is being treated unfairly. That shit pisses me off. Like, yo, you're in the NFL. You're a quarterback. Uh, come on, stop feeling bad for the guy. Yo, you're yeah, cold blooded. Yeah. Yo, he I feel started. Bad for him. For an entire season in Arizona. Fuck out of here with the unfairness. He had an entire year. Dude, he was Either a way. rookie with the worst offensive line in the league. What are you like? Like you're like the the woman in that movie where the kid wants more food and you're and he was like, No, you can't have more food. You know what movie I'm talking about? No. <laughs> the movie like you want more? What is that? Movie? No idea what you're oh, talking about. <laughs> Man, I I'll wish make I make extra Wait, with the chocolate cake. Cake. Melinda. With the chocolate cake. Yeah. Matilda, 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 yeah, with the chocolate. Matilda, cake. you're like the fucking lunch lady, <laughs> Matilda, Jason. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, hold on. What were? We, who's the guy we're talking about again? I had something. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, right? <laughs> if you're, if you're a part of the Miami Dolphins, just imagine like going through college as like a star on your team because most of these guys are. Yeah. Loving playing football, getting drafted to, an NFL team. And UCLA is probably and then, smashing. And then having to deal with this, like clearly a team put together to lose games yeah like this we've seen tanking in the past this is like a whole new level poor josh rosen bro like it's fucking ridiculous i just i I feel bad i feel bad for everyone on the damn dolphins yeah me too i feel bad for josh rosen good for me fitzpatrick saying get me out of here xavian howard do you see he tweeted like the uh he tweeted the fresh prince like the last episode when will smith is just in the empty house looking around (laughs) Crack it up. Amazing. <laughs> like, that's probably how they all feel. Xavier Howard, he's actually decent. Don't waste your years in Miami. He should request a trade, too. They should just play the season with, like, 12 players. The only 12 players who coming from, like, the Arena Football League or something who actually want to play for that damn team. Kenyon Drake's on the block. It's a joke. Kalen Balazs is the worst player in the NFL. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> he literally ducked. Other <laughs> ball ducked from Honestly. a pass. Yeah. He ducked. All right, we've talked about this just, game too long. He already. threw a ball right into Jamie Collins' chest <laughs> after like seven bobbles. Yo, it's like watching the little the little league team that like doesn't really know how to play yet, but the coach is like, oh man, these fucking kids. Yeah, and like they just have no chance. Yeah. Um. Anyway, start your. We, we already start your way Cowboys. too much about the Dolphins. Yeah, I can't wait to win that bet against you guys. All right, Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia. Eagles take on the Detroit Lions. Wins and the Eagles. Yo, I've been trying to tell people that this Detroit defense is is fire. And outside of a couple series last week where they were on the field for 73 snaps, so you can't really blame them, they've looked absolutely outstanding. That defense is all over the place. That defensive line is one of the best in football, if not the best, um, especially when it comes to guarding the run. So I'm loving this, what I'm seeing out of the, out of the Detroit defense. Let's go... Let's talk about that Detroit defense and who they're playing. They're playing that Eagles offense. Alshon Jeffrey's going to miss the game. Uh, I have not seen a report about whether or not um, Nelson Aguilar is going to miss. I know that they said that Nelson Aguilar might miss. Uh, Nelson Aguilar? He's banged up? He's been, He got banged up last week. I, but I haven't seen a report of whether he's practiced or not. So I'm going to vet that. Uh, what do you think about Nelson Aguilar if he plays? I think oh, he could be is fine, first of all. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that he was ever hurt. He was. But I'm 100%. gonna throw him out at wide receiver forty two. I don't I think that 
J.J. Arcega-Whiteside played a lot last week, even though he didn't get that many looks. Uh, Zach Ertz is there, of course. I think that if Dallas Goddard is healthy, he's going to get a few more looks. Someone who could potentially stream. Uh, the running backs are going to get some looks. I just don't think you can trust Nelson Aguilar, especially after he dropped that potential touchdown last game. Uh, we've seen him thrust into big roles. We've seen him play well. We've seen him disappoint. That's why I'm as a flex play, because you never really know what you're going to get with him. Uh, it'll shape up more once we get closer to the week, if we know Goddard's playing. Uh, D. Jackson and Jeffrey are most likely out. I think they're both going to definitely be out. If I had to put my money on it, I'd say they're both out. Yeah, they're they're both looking pretty doubtful. Uh, Djax is out for sure. But, I mean, I have Nelson Aguilar as my wide receiver. Uh, what is it, 41? He got 11 targets last week, 8 for 107 and a touchdown. If he's forced, we've seen Nelson Aguilar get forced to be in a spot before where he gets fed with targets. Remember, people thought he was actually a good receiver for a bit of time there. It's it's ugly if you're starting Nelson Aguilar, in my opinion, but you could do worse as a flex option this week if the other guys are out. Speaking of which, a guy who, talking about forced targets, who we were kind of down on in the beginning and then 16 targets last week, Zach Ertz. He's back now with these, with these injuries. He's back to that target machine that you love and you drafted. Yep. Sign me up for it's some the, Zach Ertz. I have him at tight end, too. Yeah. It's the injuries. They brought him back. Yeah, you got to love it. What about Carson Wentz with less? Oh, you want to talk about Matt Collins as well? Is there a chance you're playing Matt Collins? I'd rather play Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, I'd rather play Arcega Whiteside. Arcega Whiteside saw 93% of the snaps. He's more of the Alshon. Arcega Jeffrey. Whiteside is someone you should add because this, so I, someone I liked a lot is like a hold and stash in deep leagues. Uh, looks like his time might be coming even faster now with... The injuries, I like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside a lot. I wouldn't start him this week, but definitely someone to hold on to. He fit, he definitely fits the Alshon Jeffrey role better than any other guys. Um, so I think that Arcega-Whiteside probably slots in right where Alshon Jeffrey was. Carson Wentz, where is he looking for you guys here? Against a Detroit team that's been pretty good. He's a wide receiver one. I mean, excuse me, a QB one. I have my QB nine. Detroit has, a like you said, a stout run defense. They've been solid through the air too, but that... Eagles running offense is terrible. The running game just has looked terrible. Miles Sanders does not look good. As as much as people want to say, buy Miles Sanders, go get Miles Sanders now while he's cheap. He's the guy there. He's already leading them in carries and touches. He hasn't looked good, period. He had 43% of the snaps last week, down from week one. Darren Sproles got more work. Jordan Howard played the same amount. Right now, it looks like Darren Sproles is probably the guy there. But the real the real question is, I mean, the real answer is there is no guy there. Yeah, and I mean, I, think I have Miles make- Sanders as my running back 32, and he's the number one running back on that team. Right. I, I think that makes him all not fantasy viable because there's a three-way split there, and it's pretty even, as you just went to. So it's hard to see any of them having fantasy value. In real life, they have good value. And Darren Sproles has his, has his ways, and Jordan Howard does his thing, and Miles Sanders is a young guy that's talented, but in fantasy, I'm not going to start any of them, especially against this Detroit run defense that might be the best in the league. Yeah, I'll pass on them too. Uh, Anyone else you guys want to talk about here? Not for Philadelphia. All right, so let's go over to the other side. Matt Stafford, uh, he's played well in the first game and then played kind of decent in the second game. Um, What about his pass-catching options? Kenny Galladay had a big game. Last week against the Chargers secondary, that's supposed to be the, the, you know, the strength of that team. And Kenny Galladay kind of had his way with them. Uh, this has been a Philadelphia defense that you can pass on. 
Marvin Jones Jr. has been a disappointment all around. And Danny Amendola, after having 11 catches, I, th- I believe, in the first game, uh, or nine catches, I can't remember which one, but a lot of catches in the first game, gets the big fat donut 0 for 1 in yeah. targets last week. So what do you think about these wide receivers in Detroit? You think they have a bounce-back game? I think I like Kenny I Galladay as a wide receiver, too. Galladay as my eighth receiver. Holy moly. Ooh. I have my 18. I think he's going to kill it this week. Oh, Michael I and think, Jason, big split. I think Stafford and Galladay are going to have a great – dude. Matt Stafford's the quarterback five on the season. He has 630 yards and five touchdowns. He's been playing super well, man. He looks really good. He looks crisp. He really if does. We're also, if you want to know how much I like Stafford. We're also week, ridiculously split on Stafford. Jason has I've him convinced, nine. I have him 17. I've convinced Michael in our most expensive league to pick up Matt Stafford and start him over Baker Mayfield this week. You haven't really convinced me. I mean, well, we put in a we bid a for Stafford, but I'm not convinced. We have a waiver claim in. He's throwing for over 300 yards a game. He's going to throw for at least a couple touchdowns. Philadelphia Eagles do not have a great secondary. We just saw Matt Ryan have a very good game against them. I think it's going to be a great game for Stafford. I think it's another great game for Kenny Holiday because who in that back, who in that secondary is going to stop him? That's exactly. Silence. <laughs> uh, let's talk so, about the. I just I don't I, I'm not really buying the. Stafford as a QB1 yet. I mean, he threw 30 times last week, 245 yards, two touchdowns, 17 points. That's decent. It's He's not going up against Arizona where he went off because Arizona runs the most plays. He's going up against Philly again. This is an offense that, yes, it's been working, but they, they also want to run the ball. It's I'm, I'm not sold on Matt Stafford. Uh, let's talk about TJ Hawkinson. On one hand, he had a great game against a really bad defense. On the other hand, he sucked. Yep. So... Which one is it in this game? I have him as my tight end 12. Uh, I th- I don't think he does what he did week one. I don't think he does what he did week two either because that was pretty nuts, the uh, the drasticness of the two games. But, I mean, he's still playing a bunch of snaps. He still has a huge role in that offense. So, I mean, if I'm a TJ Hawkinson owner and that's my tight end, say I was Hunter Henry owner or O.J. Howard. I, mean, I actually prefer O.J. Howard to TJ Hawkinson this week, but – if like if I had Howard or uh, excuse me not Howard geez if I had Henry or uh, say Jared Cook now with Teddy Bridgewater on their center, I'd I'd go Hawkinson over those two. It's tough because it's a tight end. So who are you gonna start over him? It's true. You gotta it's, roll with him, dude. So like a couple of weeks ago, the tight end landscape landscape started to look pretty good. Now it looks absolutely terrible again after like the top twelve. I mean I don't want to yep. touch after the top twelve got like. Like my thirteen through twenty or thirteen through fifteen, Jared Cook, Jordan Reed, and Jimmy Graham are my thirteen through fifteen, and those are absolutely disgusting options. Yeah. Plus, David Njoku apparently just broke his wrist on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. He was already in the concussion protocol. It's it's interesting. Let's let's talk about the running backs here. C.J. Anderson is gone. Peace. Thank the good Lord Jesus. The only thing is, if you're assuming that means uptick and carry on, don't assume just yet. Uh, first of all, they picked up Paul Perkins, but that doesn't really matter because I think they love Ty Johnson, the rookie out of Maryland, yeah. who all these, all the, if you look at any Detroit Twitter or any, ask any Detroit Lions fan, they think he's a great player. Kind of fits the profile of carry on Johnson. So don't, if you're carry on Johnson order, don't right away say, oh yeah, he's going to get all the snaps. I think it, he might get a couple more, but it's still going to be a, a timeshare with Ty Johnson. And I think that. Uh, although carry on has to take a step up here, 
it's it's not necessarily all the way up to a workhorse role. With that being said, how do you like Carryon Johnson in this matchup? Look, he doesn't need to be a workhorse, but I don't expect Ty Johnson to get as many carries as carry as CJ Anderson got. CJ Anderson's role even decreased last week. So it's a scenario where we're seeing Carryon Johnson get more work. And then they released CJ Anderson. They obviously believe in Carryon Johnson. They didn't they're not bringing in Ty Johnson to be the, a big part of the offense, in my opinion. I have him as my 15th running back. He's going to get a lot of work. He he found the end zone one time already this year. He's going to get the looks in the red zone. I, I, I don't see what's not to like in this matchup. I really like the Detroit offense, as you can see, against Philadelphia this week. Yeah, I do too. I have uh, carry on 16, so one behind you. I agree. It's a decent spot here. He looked uh, super dynamic on that catch and run for a touchdown last week. After a little that bobble, he, he brought it to the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Ty Johnson is gonna steal some work, of course. But Ty Johnson and C.J. Anderson were combining to steal like thirty-five percent of the work. I don't know if Ty Johnson is gonna take all thirty-five percent, even if no. it's just if he takes twenty-five to thirty percent. That's still more work for Carryon Johnson. And Philadelphia is not a great defense. They just lost uh, their nose tackle for a while. I'm blanking on the name, but yeah, so. I like carry on Johnson Jernigan. as well. Yeah, Jernigan. They just lost him. So, all right. I think that's it for this episode, guys. I think that's Ooh. it. Unless there's someone else in this team, this this uh, matchup you want to talk about, we could talk about uh, Joey Harrington. Okay, then for <laughs> Michael, where can they find you? Former line great Mike underscore Patrop. Jason at Jason Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you feel real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to follow us at Brodo NFL and at Brodo Wrap Up. Full transparency, Brodo Wrap Up is going to change to Brodo Fantasy uh, by this time. On Instagram. On Instagram. By this time in two weeks when they allow us to do it. So uh, follow Brodo Fantasy in two weeks. Bro- pro- follow Brodo Wrap Up in the meantime. The Wrap Up just dropped. Check that out. Drop a couple waves Bye. or a couple flames yeah. um, bum, bum, on bum. that. Um, yeah. Shout out to our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy. We're going to come at you with the Thrive 5 at the end of the next episode. Yes, so stay tuned for that. Yep. Uh, until next time. Broto which Fantasy is... on Twitter. BrotoFantasy.com. Oh, right. BrotoFantasy on Twitter. <laughs> I already said that. BrotoFantasy.com, I did not say. Patreon. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Uh, again, we I kind of plugged that in the beginning of the show, so I'm not going to plug it again. Shout out to y'all. Uh, yeah, shout out to y'all for giving us 40 patrons. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to come at you legit right away if you choose to do so. Yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. Peace out. Peace out.